time to put this baby to bed. For now, that is. Crack a cold one with us, and we wrap this shit up. And I'm talking about part two of the Netflix season four of Seven Deadly Sins. Cody, we're back. We're back. <laughs> Much to my chagrin, we're back. How the hell are you, man? Chris, I am, I am great, and I am glad to finally be at the end of this this road that we've been on. Man, it has been a long road with a lot of uh, a lot of peaks and valleys, that's for sure. The peaks have been high enough. The valleys have been low. <laughs> ain't no mountain high, ain't no valley low. Um, Michael McDonald for you. But uh, it's been uh, a mixed bag, to say the least, for Seven Deadly Sins, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think the show is just... You talk about like the peaks, and I haven't seen a peak in a while, Chris. It's been oh, Jesus nothing Christ. but valley. <laughs> That's right. Nothing but flatlands. Not, not a damn thing. But, uh, of course, you know, we'll unpack all of that uh, as we dive into uh, you know the rest of this uh, shit show. But, of course, I'm your host, Chris Adams. And I'm Cody Snodgrass. And welcome back to Shonen and Suds. And, you know, Cody, we've, we've kind of... For lack of a better way to put it, we've kind of spoiled how we felt about the show overall. But uh, more importantly, my man, what you drinking? Oh, good crack. Well, Chris, uh, as you know, I've been on this this Bud Light seltzer grind these last few weeks. It's true. The seltzer grind is real. Yep. And we finally, I finally found a pack of the Bud Light Platinum Seltzers. Ooh, so the, the 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 uh the, the gilded goose. That's right. The eight percent alcohol needs that extra little oomph for this uh for this episode today. Indeed. And for this week, we're going to be doing the flavor of wild berry. Oh, wild berry platinum. That sounds uh, that sounds fantastic. Oh, it doesn't taste fantastic. I'll tell you that. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> yeah. You had to clear the throat. <laughs> yeah. It's cold and it. Uh, you know, it's it's a drink after I, I worked all day today, so you now you get to kick back and relax, and it's it's something to enjoy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but Chris, what about you? What do you what are you having today? Well, I'm I'm glad you segued into you know with the working class. I don't know if you you could hear that, but uh, I got a little I, something. Got a little something. A little something, yeah, because I'm I'm on the bottle, not just any bottle. I'm drinking the old out of the thirty six stubby, the old thirty six stubby bottle, which means I'm drinking a Coors banquet beer sir working class all the way and of course banquet isn't that the beer that um god i can't even think of his name anymore uh what is the show chris the karate kid sequel uh cobra kai cobra kai thank you yeah that's what john yeah that's all he drinks baby the the banquet yeah john it's his name's johnny right johnny that's yeah, what, johnny lawrence man johnny lawrence god i just watched that show like last month and i was already drawing a blank <laughs> on its name Oh, that's okay, but you remember you remember his beer of jo- choice. That's right, absolutely. Never forget. <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, you know, you, you mentioned working all day. I also worked all day, but there ain't, ain't nothing. Nothing goes down as smooth as the thirty-six stubby Coors uh, Coors Bay. Now, the reason it's called the thirty-six stubby is these are just the bottles that that it was packaged in, and back in nineteen thirty-six. Um, and it was just something that th- this the banquet beer was what was popular amongst like the staff and the brewers, um, so that's why they called it the banquet <laughs> beer. That that has something to do with the name. But a uh, fun fact about Coors about Coors um, during Prohibition, they actually when they had to cease their alcohol production, they produced malted milk for candy companies. Wow, 
Interesting. Yep. Learn something so new. That, and, yeah, and that's one of the things too. Um, you know, people. You know, I'm, I'm gonna get beer nerdy here for a second. Um, a lot of like beer nerds like to trash like Bud Coors Miller, the big, you know, like the the big lager company. But here's the thing. It it take the reason I'll I'll never trash the big companies is because well two things one they had to survive prohibition which was not easy like right. when when the, with the product that you're you're configured and you're open for business to make when the government says hey guess what you can't fucking do that anymore you got to find a way to adapt and so many breweries did not make it through prohibition like i could do a whole history lesson just on that a lot of breweries shut their doors um, a lot of distilleries, a lot of just, I mean, just companies that made out wineries, like they all had to just shut their doors because they couldn't produce alcohol, but not just, and so that's one, but two is consistency. You'll never, you'll never drink a Miller Lite that doesn't taste like another Miller Lite. Cody, you'll never drink a Bud Light that doesn't taste like another Bud Light or every other Bud Light you've had before it. So unless you're drinking something that's expired, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But like it's it's all about consistency and that's why you know these big companies like the buds the cores the millers they'll they'll always have my respect and nothing beats a fucking cold ass cores banquet on a cold ass day like that we got our first snow today here in richmond oh did you that's interesting. yeah yeah it wasn't too bad today i think it's right around 38 degrees outside right now or something like that yeah that's what we're at uh but it was 70 degrees like four days ago so there's that yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we had a, love it. we had a little bit of snow like last week, but uh, mm-hmm. the winter is definitely starting to roll in. It is rolling in hard, just like this second part of season four of Netflix has rolled its way into our lives, and I can't wait for it to fucking keep on going. <laughs> All right, Chris, will you? Uh, I'm ready to dive in if you're ready. Yeah, let's let's dive in so we can just kind of talk about the show overall. Because, um, like we said, there's some highs, there's some lows, but we ain't we ain't seen a we haven't passed a rest stop in a while on this trip, and I gotta pee. <laughs> All right, Chris. Well, we pick up right where we left off of with the Meliodas and Escanor kind of standoff. Yep, and I believe it ended with Escanor getting stabbed right in the gut. Yeah, he gets stabbed. Meliodas pretty much has the upper hand, and then uh, not that's that's up until high noon hits, Chris. Um, oh. And this is where Escanor gets to power up once again. Uh, he basically becomes invisible, like invincible for a minute. Yes, he becomes uh, the one. I believe is a Jet Li's the one. <laughs> Love that movie, uh, dude. The fucking no, actually, I do too. The fucking dude. Okay, now I see why people are pissed. And I, I knew I, I hate Cody. I hate stupid power ups. I hate that shit, especially when their legs get shorter and their shoulders get bigger. <laughs> it is an anime trope. That has been around for so fucking long. I hate, I hate it, Cody. And this was, this was no different. Yeah, this, uh, yeah, <laughs> this fight is definitely very disappointing. Um, you can, we kind of tell where, why everybody who's seen this show kind of, or and read the manga complains about this fight in particular. Uh, cause mm-hmm. he kind of just beats Meliodas with ease and it's, like, yeah. Like, it's your two titans, basically, of the show kind of facing off, and it really isn't much to write home about. It, it really isn't, and I don't know. It, it's like, I felt like this was, like, one of those things where they had to, like, kind of write themselves out of a corner or, you know, do something. I don't know. 
it just feels like this it feels like this whole part was just a cop out yeah definitely um but meliotis basically is knocked out mm-hmm. um escanor kind of gets a little bit cocky and then merlin merlin ends up coming over and knocking him out yep uh and <clears throat> then we kind of flash over to bond for a little bit and he's he feels a little like kind of down in the dumps because there's really nothing that he could do to help his best friend obviously meliotis being that um mm-hmm. so it's kind of yeah, bond is very very slim pickings if you're a fan of bond you don't really see him a whole lot here in this in this section of the show yeah that's absolutely right um so both meliotis and escanor they're basically on bed rest um obviously due to their injuries uh, merlin kind of brings up the fact that meliotis is trying to use his like dark power um from his past to kind of heal his wounds mm-hmm um, and so she ends up locking him in a perfect cube, and Elizabeth basically is like, hey, I'm going with him. Uh, she wants to try and help. Mm-hmm. And so our... Even though Merlin thinks it's a bad idea, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the sins continue to make their way to Camelot. Um, <laughs> which is two days away. <laughs> Chris, we get in a little bit of a timeline here that doesn't actually make any sense. Um beautiful my favorite so camelot is two days away and elizabeth Mm -hmm. only has three days left to live yeah we've uh we're using you know by my math cody that's two-thirds of her lifespan yeah is on the way to camelot not everything that's gonna happen at camelot um but let's just (laughs) train doesn't make any stops here chris so uh so we flash over to our uh the bowl cut bat spy thing that my man (laughs) fuck or what's his name uh i think it's orlandi yeah orlandi sir orlandi because because i think his name gets mentioned later mm-hmm. yeah he actually it might even be right here where yeah coming up yeah there's like a he sees a giant centipede monster thing heading mm-hmm. towards him uh and it's cut down by chris your favorite mr arthur pendragon yes thank god he i haven't i've been wondering where the hell he's at and we get him and his old cat so happy yeah very very glad to have him back um as well as like a bunch of the side characters that kind of come back uh yeah so that's like the, the only redeeming part of this last uh this last arc here yeah so arthur has this bull cut bat guy uh follow mm-hmm. him through the secret tunnel which leads back to the citizens of camelot yes. um and like you said this is where we're introduced to orlandy that's the bat's official name um and he's yep. of the vampire race, if that matters at all. Sir Orlandi of oh. the vampire race. Sir Orlandi, yes. <laughs> uh, and this is where we also get Arthur's little cat friend thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find out that its name's Kath. Uh, we might have found that out earlier, but Kath is the cat's name. So there we go. Uh, and it, this this cat thing can also talk kind of like a hawk can. Yep. Uh, we also get to see our old buddy Sir Nanashi, who was like the samurai guy we had seen at at the King of the Ring yeah. tournament. Mm-hmm. Been a while. Yeah, and Arthur, he's basically he's planning to retrieve Excalibur uh, and kind of save his homeland of Camelot. Yes, indeed. Which I, and I think right this is where we start seeing uh, fucking Zeldris trying to pull Excalibur out of the stone in the uh, inside the castle. Yep. Yeah, he's trying to work on that, uh, obviously, to no avail. Uh, and then the Demon yep. King, he kind of speaks to Zeldris. 
he basically orders him to go forth and retrieve his brother Meliodas. Um, yep, and Zeldris doesn't really want to. He's like, why, why should I? Why should we go get that fucking traitor? Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, the demon, the yeah, the demon king is basically wanting to make Meliodas the new king of the demon yep. race. Um, so he informs Zeldris that the sins are on their way, uh, and he basically wants him to kill all of them except for Meliodas. Um, so Zeldris orders the remaining Ten Commandments to return to Camelot, um, but he really doesn't get any response back. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the Sins have captured Greyrod and Moleskula. They've killed Fraudrin. And finally, Chris, we're, we're reintroduced to our old buddy Monspeet and your favorite, Derriere. <laughs> oh, fucking Derriere, yeah. They've just been just fucking hanging out at this plant uh, as a... As, um... I've already forgot his name. I, I can't remember when he shows up. He's like, oh, y'all have been playing house this whole time. Oh, and Esterosa shows up. Esterosa, yeah. Yeah, basically, like you said, they've been playing house. Um, and they've been kind of debating, like, returning to Zeldris and the commandments. Um, but they're kind of enjoying their basically, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, normal lives. Um, yep. Obviously, they only have, they each only have one heart left uh, mm-hmm. due to their previous battles. Um and they kind of reflect on why, like, Meliodas didn't kill them, um, both now and, like, yeah, 3,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and then, of course, our old pals Gloxenia and Droll, they answer back to Zildjus and say that they will no longer obey his orders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they just fucking quit. They just turned yeah. in pink slips. Yeah, they quit their, their Ten Commandment duties. Oh, Chris, and now we meet my two least favorite characters of the show. <clears throat> we meet two new demons named Chandler and Cusack. Dude, these guys suck. These guys actually suck. Like, these are the two worst characters in the show by far. We have, like, our mm-hmm. we have like our tier list of, like, the demons that are in the show. It's like, at the top, you got the Demon King, then you got the Commandments... And then you have the Six Knights of Black, of course, and then you got all the other shit demons. And then you've got these fucking clowns. And then you've got these two, who apparently are, like, just as strong as the Ten Commandments. And we'll get into that here in a little bit, and how ridiculous and how horribly written this show is. Um, but it starts really with these two. Yeah, this is this is the, uh, this is the uh, you know, we're, we're going up the roller coaster. We've kind of, we, we know the drop's coming, and this is where... This is where the drop starts. We're getting ready to go into the loop-de-loop here. So, Yeah, so they've been freed by Zeldris. Uh, he's removed the effects of the goddess seal that was on them, I guess. Um, and they volunteered to help him. Uh, mm-hmm. So Cusack heads towards Meliodas and the Sins. Uh, Esterosa, he actually regains consciousness. and is, They kind of bring him up to speed. Um, I might have said Cusack, but I might have meant the other guy. I'm going to get those two confused a bunch because they don't know. Oh, yeah, they both suck. It's fine. Yeah, so uh, they kind of bring Esterosa back up to speed, and Cusack doesn't trust exactly, like, how ominous Esterosa is because Esterosa just, he kind of just seems evil. Yeah, Esterosa definitely seems a lot colder than he did when we saw him last time. Yeah, and obviously this whole group of villains, they're all evil, but Esterosa is just... So, so, He's the most evilest of them all. Yeah, that's right. Uh, then we flash over to King and Deanne. They're obviously they're preparing for the battle that's gonna be happening. And uh, King gives yeah, Deanne this part's so sweet. Yeah, he gives her a little good luck charm that's made out of Helbrum's helmet. Um, mm-hmm. 
obviously, obviously Helbrum's helmet being crushed recently. Um, yep, and then we get to see our homie Gother. Sparkle. Yeah, yeah, Sparkle, Sparkle. Um, let's see. Uh, and then King kind of lets Dean know that Helbrum wanted, like, his last words to him were like, hey, make sure you protect Dean. Um, yep. And then suddenly, Chris, darkness covers the sky. Which alerts our, our sin screw. Oh no. And I have Cusack written down here, but I think it's actually Chandler that comes and attacks them. Uh the Chandler I think is the the the, the fucking the not like the, 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 one the, with the chubby one with the yeah, with the, the fucking beard. Yeah, the one that doesn't have the pink mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that guy. I think I think Chandler is the chubby one. Okay. That makes sense, yeah. Right. I'm pretty sure. Yes, yeah. Chandler is old fucking old Butler Jones, and he's known as the Pacifier Demon. Um, yes, and he has like a history with Meliodas, um, mm-hmm. and a, a bunch of the other sins. Um, so Merlin goes to use her magic seal, um, but Chandler uh-huh. uses full counter, which uh, turns out Chandler is actually like the it. one he actually taught Meliodas, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting, but. You know, but like it's like they all know it. I feel like I feel like everybody who's like a bad guy knows how to use full counter. I feel like it, it's such a bullshit ass. Like it's like in card games, Cody, when you just have something just a fucking vanilla ass like ability, you mm-hmm. just give it to everybody. That's this thing. Full counter is just the most fucking Briars vanilla ice cream <laughs> of abilities in this show. And I'm supposed to just believe that this guy is the one that trained Meliodas? Oh yeah, of course, of course. This guy that got introduced in... I don't even know what episode we're on anymore. Like, 50, 60? Uh, mm-hmm. But sure. So he uses full counter, and this... In turn, turns Merlin into, like, her child... Version? Yeah, which... Okay, like... <sighs> this is... This is where, like... Cody, we, we kind of alluded to this before. And, you know, people were asking what we thought of the animation... Um, I was too busy rolling my fucking eyes to notice the animation in this last part of the show. Yeah. This could have been the worst animation in the world, and I wouldn't have even noticed it, because this plot is just off yeah, the rails. Yeah, because um, I think also, too, Chandler knows that she's the da- uh, she's the, the daughter of uh, whatever, what's the fucking dad's name? Um, who? <sighs> I don't even have the name written down. And it has I'm... a weird fucking name. It starts with a B. I know that. <laughs> yeah. And you guys listening, you probably know what we're talking about. Huh. Yeah, Bubba Tubba, whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Chandler pretty much, uh, like, I don't know. He, like, shrinks Deanne because uh, she, like, mm-hmm. backtalks him. And then he begins summoning, like, these meteors all across the land. Um, and so Gother and King, they kind of form the tag team, and they go to fight Chandler. Um, mm-hmm. Brings us right into our next episode. They use their combo move. Celestial oh, yeah. Arrow. Um, Everybody's but, got a combo move, too. That's right. And uh, Gother kind of informs the bunch that uh, Chandler has can use full counter, and they kind of figure out a way to get around it. They land a big attack. Um, but right after they land that, they see another large group of demons heading towards them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> Chandler survives this attack that they... Obviously, they pull off their like their big mega move, 
And, of course, Chandler's just fine because he's just some bullshit character they wrote into the story. Oh, of course, of course. And, now you know, he's got a super, you know, ability, too, that he's going to use here. Yeah, it's absolute order. Uh, kind of, like, yes. puts Gother under his command. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the Sins, they obviously team up, and they start to fight against him. Uh, and then we see Bon. He's kind of still sulking over all the things he said to Meliodas. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Um. <laughs> uh, yes but Chris just when all hope seems lost Elizabeth uses her, her powers she shows up she heals everybody flip my page here King lands a crushing oh, lands a crushing blow on Chandler of course he does Um. but just then Chris <laughs> Gother, Gother collapses and Hawk realizes the symbol from absolute order is still on Chandler's hand even with a huge hole in his chest from the blow that he just took. Um, and Chandler rises and uh, changes into his quote-unquote true form. <laughs> God damn it. I didn't realize how bad that episode was until I read my... Oh, my, it's real bad, dude. It's real bad. Reading through my notes, I'm just like, oh, God. So on to the next episode. We got Droll and Gloxenia. They arrive just in time to assist in the fight. Oh, oh of course they do. And they kind of volunteer to stay behind, and they're like, hey, we'll deal with Chandler. You guys go ahead. Keep making your way towards Camelot. Uh, Chandler kicks the shit out of both of these guys. Um, so, Chris, we got this character, these two characters. Obviously, we're just talking about Chandler mostly here. Uh-huh. And he just gets written into the show, defeats four of the five, four of the seven sins, and they, yeah, they just and kills <laughs> Droll and Gloxenia. Yeah, like I, I have a big problem with that, right? Because like we've spent like the first season like really building up these characters, like, and, and of course it all goes back to like this whole bullshit power level thing. I hate whenever, like, oh my god, this guy's got a power level of eight thousand. It's like I hate that shit, Cody. I hate it, and this kind of feeds into that, like, like the first season, right? Like we were introduced to these characters slowly but surely. Like when we first met Gila. Like, she kicks the shit out of half the sins, but, like, the other half can be... Like, I, I miss that aspect where, like, each of the sins were equipped to fight somebody else. You know what I mean? Like, they, they I liked the fact that, you know, they all don't have the same powers and some are more effective against other villains. But it just seems like these bullshit characters they keep introducing just all do the same fucking thing and they all just beat the shit out of everybody. Like, it's so boring. Yeah, like, this guy gets written in, and as far as we know, the Ten Commandments are the top of the top, and obviously the sins are, like, on the reverse side, they're the the tip of the top, <laughs> and this guy nope. just shows up, defeats four of the sins, and two of the commandments. Like yeah, with, like, he couldn't have just been there since, like, fucking day one? Yeah, yeah with, Like, oh, man, we just got our clocks cleaned. We should probably call fucking old, old fucking Chandler Bing over here. <laughs> yeah. And, like, we spent all this time in the first half of the season with Joel and Gloxenia training up King and Deanne. For what? For them to get fucking like, rocked. To, literally to get rocked, like, all of yeah, them. Yeah, handle ass whooping is what we just saw. Um, but, Chris, we're just going to keep on going here. Um, Merlin awakens and is informed that Joel and Gloxenia died fighting. Um, and the crew is pretty banged up. Uh, Chandler arrives back. As Meliodas awakens and is now, mm-hmm. Meliodas is basically in his full demonic form, and he wants Chandler to take him to see Zeldris. 
basically yep. Meliodas has a plan to save Elizabeth um, from this curse that they've both been under. And he kind of acknowledges that him and the sins were friends, quote-unquote. Um, but he basically states that the seven deadly sins are no more. Um, and he leaves taking Elizabeth with Chandler to go see Zelgis. And, and, and by the way, did you also notice that, and I, I didn't bring this up last week, but like, why does he sound like Zeldris? Like they, it's like they have the exact same voice now. You're talking about Meliodas, how he has like this yeah. evil-ish tone. Yeah, like they, they literally sound like him and Zeldris sound exactly the same now. Mm-hmm. Like I, I that like that irks me too, right? Because if I ever wanted to look away, I couldn't tell who was talking. And there's plenty of moments where you should look away. Um. <laughs> oh, indeed. <laughs> Another thing I didn't know, um, and maybe uh-huh. this started last season, mm-hmm. but like. When did Merlin start calling Elizabeth Big Sissis? Oh, that okay. I'm glad you fucking said that too. It was it was this season, um, because apparently like there was a there was a the goddess Elizabeth knew fucking baby Merlin, and that's when Merlin called her Big Sissis. And like that's the se- first of all, that's the stupidest fucking name I've ever heard in my life. And second, I'm I'm tired of this like. Like, this is the second time Merlin's been involved in somebody being a big in some sort of big sister shenanigans, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. I'm coming in hot today. <laughs> no, I I don't blame you. Um, so basically, Meliodas has this plan to become the next Demon King. Um, mm-hmm. Moving right along here, Elizabeth begs Meliodas not to go through with this plan, and the Sins are trying to decide what to do next. Um, Hawk brings up that Meliodas called him the Demon King. Kind of like, mm-hmm. just in passing, he kind of was like, knew that Hawk had been spying, or that the Demon King had been using Hawk to spy on him. I guess. <laughs> and Merlin realizes that Hawk is connected to Purgatory, which is basically like the hell. It's like the Demon Realm. Uh, like I said, that the Demon King's been using Hawk as a corridor between the two realms. How? <laughs> Um, so Merlin tells the group her story about her father, well, what's his name, and, uh, that he once opened the door to purgatory. Is everybody still with us? Is everybody still (laughs) fucking with us? Uh. God. And basically, Bond volunteers to go to purgatory to try and find the real Meliodas, I think. Yep. Hope you enjoy Bond, because this is the last time you're going to fucking see him. Yeah, pretty much. Um, he wants to attempt to free Meliodas' emotions, that's what it is, uh, from the Demon King. So, Meliodas... <laughs> Chris, this show is so bad. Uh, but anyhow, Meliodas and the evil guys and Elizabeth, they all arrive in Camelot, and... Meliodas tells Zeldris he will be the next Demon King, uh, but he gets interrupted by Estorosa, who also wants to get in on the discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, Estorosa, basically, he wants Elizabeth for some reason, which is kind of weird. Um, then we get another plot hole here, Chris. I, I call it a plot hole, but I really don't even know what to call it, because Elizabeth, mm, bullshit re- is what- Elizabeth recognizes Estorosa, but doesn't remember him. Um, whatever the fuck that means. Because Elizabeth just regained all, and I quote, all of her memories, Chris. 
which is why yeah, she, like, she's gonna die in three days because she regained all all of, of her, her memories, memories. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I, I remember everything, but I don't remember you. Right. Get the fuck out of here. But like, <laughs> we continue, Chris. Uh, the, the three brothers kind of have a little tussle. Um, uh-huh. The and, brothers three. Yeah, and while they're fighting, Meliodas says that he knows why he... He says to Zeldris why he wants the Demon King's power. Or no, no, I'm sorry. He announces why he wants the Demon King's power, and he whispers something in Zeldris's ear, which, of course, we as the viewer, we can't hear that because that's a shitty anime trope. But, but it, it definitely makes Zeldris sing a different tune. He's like, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah I'll work with you. Um, basically, Meliodas plant needs to gather and absorb all Ten Commandments to become as powerful as the Demon King Zeldris. Yep. Um, and turns out Zeldris has already collected the commandments of Gother, Droll, and Gloxenia. Um, Meliodas has collected Grey Roads, um, so I guess he stole that from Merlin at some point. Uh-huh. So Meliodas sends Esterosa and Zeldra, Zeldris to do the task of collecting the, the remaining commandments. We flash back over to Bon, who is, enters Purgatory through Hawk. Through Hawk's eyes. Through his fucking eyes. <laughs> Cody, I, I, I could... Keep going. <laughs> Thanks to Merlin, he gets he gets to enter Purgatory, obviously through Hawk. Mm-hmm. Um, Elizabeth, his eyes, yeah, through his, his eyes. eyes. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Look tries at me with your special <laughs> eyes. Elizabeth tries to convince Meliodas not to go through with this plan, um, and it ends up resulting in her actually. She actually attacks him, and escapes mm-hmm. and runs away. Um, and that's where that episode ends. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so Merlin realizes that Grey Rose Commandment has been stolen. Um, obviously, uh-huh. she's still in possession of Melasculus. Um, and then King, King, we flash over to him, and he detects this magical force approaching. Approaching, excuse me. And, and of course, it's Zeldris. He arrives at the Boar's Hat, and Merlin knows he's there for Melasculus Commandment. Um, and Zeldris kind of reveals some a little bit of a, Merlin's backstory. Uh, that she was blessed by the Demon King and the Supreme Deity, um, which really doesn't matter at all. But oh yeah, I think her dad's name was like Bellyelian or something stupid like that. Yeah, it's something like that. Bellyodis. Bellyarian. Bellyelian. That's right. Asses and guts. Now then, Chris, we stop all of this and we flash back to a few days earlier. Please no. Well, this this actually no, it's bad. Never mind. We got Dreyfus and Hendrickson. And Margaret, and they're fighting some monsters, and they're on a journey to find Gil Thunder. One of the last good characters left in this show. Um, <laughs> I don't know why they stopped this whole Zeldris Merlin conversation for this, but here we are. They're at a campfire. Margaret goes off on her own like an idiot. And the others get worried. They go and find her. And she's at like a druid altar. And there's this mysterious voice speaking to her, Chris. Mm-hmm. Turns out this is old boy Ludociel of the Archangels. Yeah. Which, you know, we were introduced to during the, the massive flashback earlier mm-hmm. in the season. And he takes over Margaret's body and wants, basically wants Hendrickson and Dreyfus and everybody else to join Stigma, which is kind of the alliance uh, basically formed to take out the demon race. Mm-hmm. But then, Chris... Stop that story right there. Put a pin in that one because 
But now we're on another battlefield, and then we got Hauser, Gila, and Jericho, and they're fighting random demons. Yeah. And they get approached, and they're asked to join Stigma, including, they're also asked, and <laughs> can't forget about the Pleiades of the Azure Sky. Oh, of course, of course. Um, but Chris, finally, we see Gil Thunder and Vivian. Gil, About fucking time. Yeah, thank goodness. Gil escapes his cell, uh, but when going outside, he's he's uh, kind of surprised to see that they're above the clouds. Mm-hmm. They're like up in like a floating area thing. And, and old Vivian starts talking that shit about wanting a baby. Yep, and suddenly she is stabbed through the throat by Ludociel <sighs> slash Margaret. Yes. Because we have to have another combo character. Oh, of course, of course. And this isn't like... Something like a good combo character like Vegito or something from Dragon Ball Z. This yeah, is... this is not a Gotenks. This is bullshit. That's <laughs> what this is. So I'm just going to refer to this thing as Ludosio for from for, for a while here. Um, uh, so Zeldris and Merlin, now we're back to the regular story that we had going on here. They leave to speak in private. Um, and Merlin basically says that she wants to trade Melascula's commandment. Like Melasco is basically in a test tube thing. She wants to trade that for Elizabeth. Zeldris refuses, and Merlin, of course, just goes, Oh, okay, well, how about King Arthur instead? Uh, he says no to that as well. So, like, Merlin is the worst negotiator of all time. Yeah. And she settles for him to release the citizens and the knights of Leonis that he had captured and was holding in captivity. And But before Merlin can hand over Melascula, Ludociel attacks. Oh, yeah, just sends a giant fucking flare right towards him. Yep. <clears throat> so Merlin teleports back to the others and explains basically what just happened um, to King Dean and Escanor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gil Thunder is upset that Margaret's been taken control of. And Zeldris basically attacks. He basically retaliates to the attack from Ludociel. Oh, yeah, some big old lightning tornado crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Another, another lazy, powerful attack. And we're kind of jumping around from scene to scene here. So if it sounds confusing, yeah. trust me, it, it is. is. <laughs> so we got Meliodas. He's looking for Elizabeth because obviously she had just ran away. We see that Chandler basically wants to have her killed. So he's got some some ill like ill will towards Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Um, but finally, the sins arrive in Camelot, and they work together to to save the townspeople, basically. Yeah, because they're all coming to, and they're being hunted down by just an army of, like, the big red and the big gray demons. Mm-hmm. Um, Elizabeth arrives and meets back up with the Sins, um, gets attacked by some, some grunts that Chandler had sent out. Um, mm-hmm. But Deanne rescues her, and Elizabeth is yeah, back. The, the things were, like, from his fucking cheeks. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, like, rips his cheeks off, and they turn into almost, like, little uh, razor bat things, and fucking stupid. Yep. Um, but Elizabeth rejoins the crew and informs them about Meliodas' plan and asks for their help in rescuing Meliodas, which obviously they're, they're all on board for. Oh, of course. Then back in Leonis, the citizens have returned, obviously, because Merlin made the trade, or was about to make the trade. She's still in possession of Melascula at this point. Um, so they've returned. Bartra welcomes the sins back once again. And the holy knights that were missing, and all the people. Yeah, as heroes for rescuing the hostages. Now, now, Chris, let's 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 take a second here. So we had re- we we had reached Camelot, okay. 
We were there. We were there. The place that takes two days to get to. When Elizabeth has three days, we then left Camelot <laughs> and go back to Leonis, which takes another two days. Mm-hmm. Bringing our, our grand total to the four days, uh, if anybody's keeping the quick math. Oh, we, we got some serious Scott Steiner math happening <laughs> yeah. here. Uh... So we got four days have passed, and Elizabeth is not dead. So, like, I... I... <laughs> well, because normally, Cody, when you go one-on-one with uh, Elizabeth... You, know, you have a 50-50 chance of living past three days, but she's a genetic freak, and she's not normal. That's right. And then you throw Kurt Angle in the mix, your 50% went down to a 25% chance. You know, Chris, numbers don't lie. I like they, The numbers literally don't lie. You said you, the, the story set it up that Elizabeth is going to die within three days. Mm-hmm. But, and you tell me that it takes – whatever. Well, and even, here's the other thing too, man. Like Even if they all teleported back – why couldn't they have just teleported to, you know, Camelot in the first place? You see what I'm saying? So, like, they can't hit us with this teleport back bullshit because we could have just teleported there in the first place. Yeah. We're, no matter how you cut it, Elizabeth needs to be dead. Uh-huh. Yeah, she needs to be dead, like, if not now, within, like, the next couple hours. That's right. But, <clears throat> whatever, back in Leona's, Chris... <laughs> Bartra notices that Elizabeth's eyes have changed. Um, Gilthunder and Ludosiel, they've also returned. We got Tarmiel and Sariel as well. Every, the whole gang's here. Every character yep. in the damn show. Mm-hmm. Stigma and the Sins, they form like this big alliance to stop the demons. But they... Yep, it's, everybody's there. The alliance, you've got Test, you've got Ken Shamrock. <laughs> now they've all got their two-by-fours. It's great. <laughs> Uh, I hope somebody gets that joke other than me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they 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 agree to form this alliance to stop the demons, and they want but with the like the caveat to not kill Meliodas, mm-hmm. even though Lidosiel clearly wants to kill Meliodas. Um, <laughs> um, so Hauser and Gilthunder they start to train and spar. I don't know like where all this extra time is coming from. Because yeah, because I mean, like the, the clock is ticking. <laughs> the clock is literally ran out, um, but. Dreyfus has a, gets drunk while chatting with his son, Griamor. Mm-hmm. Hendrickson asks Ludosiel about the fourth archangel, Mael. Or it's like it's like Michael mm-hmm. without all the important letters. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he gets hit with like basically a death stare um, from the remaining Yeah, archangels. and is it like Mael, like pretty much like his ability is what's inside of Escanor or some shit like that? Right, and we're going to get to yeah. that here in a little bit. Um, <sighs> but our Pallades crew, they arrive. The Pilates, mm-hmm. hotties. Right. <laughs> They're obviously upset about the whole Denzel Nero Basta situation Debacle. thing. Um, and Ludosiel grants the Pilates basically this power. Um, oh, the old fucking breath of bless, fucking bless yeah. up. Whatever, whatever power that is. And then they all just go, oh, okay, well, we'll just work with you now. Oh, yeah. Um, and Ludosiel reveals that the fourth archangel male was killed by one of the Ten Commandments, which is Esterosa. Um, Elizabeth and Bartra, they kind of have a, a heart-to-heart in private, uh, where she explains basically the curse and like how her powers originated, all this stuff. And she basically promises to bring back Margaret, like the real Margaret, not like half Ludosiel Margaret thing. Um, they share a little sentimental moment. Which is, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> On to episode twenty, Chris. 
Yep. Because, uh, you know, we've got another character we're going to... Uh, I don't know. I can't remember if we've met her already before, but uh, old uh, Paranea. Is that Esterosa's little demon girl thing? Yes. Yeah, Arthur basically is stuck in this... He's trying to make his way to the Holy Sword. He's not getting anywhere because he's caught in this maze. What's her name? Uh, Paranor... Uh, Peronia. Peronia. Peron... Right. <laughs> exactly. Doesn't matter. She gets eaten in like five minutes anyhow. Yep. Yeah, dude. It's so great because old fucking old, old cat man dude just he's hungry. <laughs> but before we get to that, we got Gother, and of course Chris, being as dumb as this anime is, he asks for a favor from Merlin, which we can't hear what he says. Love a good whisper. Yeah. So we got two whispers that we have no idea what they said. Uh, but anyhow, moving right along, Hawk and Escanor they go out to collect parts to repair Gother. Because Gother's obviously all fucked up from the last fight that they had. Uh, and they are confronted by Ludociel. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ludociel says that... Basically believes that Escanor stole his power. Because he has the power of Sunshine. Which was the previous Archangel male that was like his power. Yep. And she... I say she, but Odysseus actually a he. Yeah, it was it was his grace, his grace. It's like because the four archangels have like a grace, mm-hmm. and sunshine was males. Yeah, and Odysseus basically like, how could you possibly have that when a human couldn't like retain that power? Um, but we'll put a pin in that as well, because we're gonna flash back to King Arthur, uh, who has now made his way out of the maze, um, and we see why. We see the cath. We just see like. Esterosa's little friend's glove and just like a pool of blood, basically. Yeah, just just fucking gobbled her right the hell <laughs> yeah, up. Just ate ate Esterosa's little buddy. Um, yeah, I feel like if that cat could have done that, like he should have been doing that shit a long time ago. Right. Um, but if you remember, Chris, that cat just kind of got thrown into the story randomly during the. Oh yeah, yeah. We're just, we're just gonna put a cat on his head and we'll we'll figure it out later. Ah <laughs> uh, man, what a mess. Zeldris reports back to Meliodas uh, about the Archangels coming back. Esterosa, we see him. He comes across uh, old petrified Gallant, who is actually still alive. Um, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's been stuck <clears throat> there pretty much the whole time. Yeah, and uh, collects his commandment, killing him. Uh, Arthur is confronted and questioned by Zeldris. And Cath uh, actually uses some telekinesis power so Arthur can make a break for the Excalibur. Yeah. Um, and no. I was actually, man, I was actually really, really hoping here. I was really fucking hoping he's going to get the fucking sword. He's going to pull Excalibur out of the stone and he is going to be ready to just fucking just become this ungodly ass beater. Which he, he kind of gets a moment. Um, yeah, he has a moment. But Meliodas arrives. Arthur's upset to see, like, Meliodas has clearly changed. He's, like, much more demonic. Um, oh, you've changed, bud. Yeah, they have a little little sentimental flashback. We don't care. Arthur pulls Excalibur from the ground. Mm-hmm. And this is where we think the anime might actually get good. Yeah, I was ready. I was fucking ready for Arthur to just, I mean, he, fuck the fucking king. He's got the sword. He's, he's, he, he, it's it's the payoff. When you start looking at, like, anything King Arthur related, you wait for him to just fucking rip Excalibur out of the stone and then just begin just the ass whoopery. Well, let's put a pin in that because we got the sense. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're planning their move to save Arthur. 
They're planning their move to go back to Camelot, Chris. Another, they were just there. Another, they, were just there. they were just there. And another two-day journey. Another two days. So Elizabeth clearly... I, 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 she should be rotting in a closet at this point. Like her carcass should have flies around it at this point. You would think that would happen. But whatever, Chris. Um, yeah. Merlin basically explains to the others that Arthur is destined to lead Britannia one day. Which I, I'm all on board for this. I'm, I'm yeah, fine. Yeah, I'm fine. We, we flash back to Arthur. He's fighting off Chandler and Cusack as well as Zeldris to protect mm-hmm. Kath. Because Kath gets a little messed up. She gets attacked by somebody. I don't know who. Yeah. Wh- and I, I. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And no, Kath just gets att- attacked by somebody. So he or she or it is injured. Yep. And what I love here, and this is like the, the, the highlight of the second arc, when we find out about what Excalibur does in the previous heroes. Because, like, I like when he, like, when he, Arthur's kneeling down and Zell just comes up behind him. He just, he just, you know, fighting off everything that he's doing without even looking at him or breaking a sweat. I was like, that's pretty cool. And then you find out like Excalibur like holds like all of the souls of pretty much the past heroes that wielded Excalibur. Yeah. Like I'm all, like, I'm all so on board. Cool. I'm like, Oh wow. The yeah, shitty I'm, plot might actually amount to something. Yeah, we got something cool. We got some good shit here. Yeah. Like you said, Merlin tells the rest of the sins, the story of Excalibur and mm-hmm. basically that like, Arthur is like the hope for this world. Um, mm-hmm. Then we move into episode twenty-one, Chris. <laughs> Here we are, <sighs> and this is where it all goes down the shitter yet again. Oh, big time! Kath explains that Arthur's magical power hasn't awakened yet, and that his attacks are pointless. So Arthur's what been if? whooping all this ass, and it's all for nothing. Yep, it's all smoke and mirrors. Kath sends like this mind message thing to Merlin saying that Arthur's about to die Merlin arrives just in time teleports Arthur out of there and which again goes back to every fucking problem I have. if we could just go there yeah. and teleport and teleport back why did they even have to mention that it's two days away it's literally two seconds away from anywhere yeah, from we, anywhere we have Oslo King's little dog thing that can teleport yeah. them anywhere although he might be with Gearhead I don't know but Merlin can also just teleport anywhere she wants yeah. to. So why are we even wasting the two-day journey? The two-day trek with Hawk's useless mother, who doesn't do anything, by the way. Yeah. Um, the great Oshiro, quote-unquote. Uh, yeah, and when we're also... Uh, we, we've got a we've got a deadline. We've got, you know, 72 hours, Cody. Yeah, which just came and went. Come and gone. <laughs> we're about two weeks in, feels like. Um, but anyhow... Teleports back with Arthur, ask Elizabeth to heal his wounds. Dead Elizabeth, of course, um, who is still alive. Of course. Um, From beyond the grave. But before Arthur goes away, Cusack, he had used this like little ability earlier. Um, and it kind of like made it, like his eyes turned red and Arthur's eyes turned red. So like he clearly has some kind of power. Uh, and he actually ends up making Arthur stab himself with Excalibur, Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all unraveling, and I have it's this. Like a, it's like pulling on a string on the bottom of your sweater, and it just keeps going. Yeah, and so Arthur, once again, Chris, in finger-breaking air quotes, dies. Um, yes. 
And by dies, I mean is stabbed with Excalibur and just floats in the corner of a room in the boar's hat. So, he's just chilling there floating while Merlin weeps over him. But, uh, I, we'll, we'll get into that later, I guess. <laughs> so the Sins and Stigma make their plans to take back Camelot. Meliodas absorbs five of his the Ten Commandments that he has collected, which obviously it powers him up. Of course. Um, of course, the Sins have time to get new outfits from Merlin. Oh, yeah, because they make a big fucking deal about all these new clothes. Yeah, everybody's got their new their new gear on. Um, mm-hmm. Go through his back, they get him all repaired. Yep, sparkle. Yeah, we're still wasting all of Elizabeth's life here. Yep, just to get, uh, you know, a, a green onesie, a fucking <laughs> furry-ass sleeveless vest so Eskimo can show off the fucking abdominals. That's right. Let me crack another beer here. They love crop tops in this show, by the way. Oh, they, they love, love them. them. They fucking love them. Like fucking Ezekiel Elliott out here. That's right, man. All of them. <laughs> but anyhow, they got their new outfits. Uh, we see a brief scene. Very brief. You might have missed it if you looked away, rolling your eyes. Mm-hmm. But Escanor is coughing up blood. So I'm, I'm assuming that the sunshine power is... Taking its toll. Taking its toll, yeah. Good. Um, but anyhow... Which, by the way, he's had this ability for so fucking long, and now all of a sudden it's a problem? Okay. Yeah, only when Ludosio mentions that it could be a problem. So. Oh, of course. Right. Anyhow. Uh, Hendrickson, obviously, he's he's seeming a little... That's some cartoon bullshit, man. <laughs> it's like it's like Wiley e. Coyote running off the cliff, and gravity doesn't happen until he looks down. That's literally what this bullshit is. Yep. But Chris, we only got three more episodes. Don't worry. Um, and before this episode ends, we see Hendrickson, and he's he's been acting strange ever since Ludociel showed up, mm-hmm. like almost like evil Hendrickson. Um, so he's assigned to protect Ludociel on, like, because they're personal bodyguard. Yeah, they're coming up with like their big battle strategy. And Gilthunder's like, mm-hmm. oh well, I'm gonna protect Margaret, who is also Ludociel. They're all the same person. Yeah. But the Holy War officially begins. Holy War 2.0, baby. I'm That's ready. Right. That's right, Chris. We see a brief scene of Monspeet and Derriere. They're village mm-hmm. people. They're all evacuating. And they have like this little... I don't, I don't know if I want to call her an informant, but there's like a human that's kind of been like friends with Monspeet and Derriere. Yeah. Um, but we'll bring her up later because she gets killed here in a second. So well, Of course she does. But anyhow, Ludociel's powers have granted the Stigma soldiers uh, like a false power, basically, uh, including the Pleiades of the Azure Sky. Like, uh, I got—I don't even remember their names, but they think they're strong. Turns out they're actually not. Um. Anyway, uh, Hauser's on the battlefield. Deanna King arrive. It, basically, it's just a whole war breaking out. There's all these demons everywhere. Mm-hmm. We kind of split our heroes if you want to call them that, into separate groups. And they're all they're all fighting at this point. Uh, then we flash back over to Derriere and Monspeet, and she's like, she's decided that she wants to return her commandment to Zeldris uh, and kind of try and live out, like, a life of somewhat peace, uh, which is briefly, or immediately interrupted, I should say, by Estorosa. This is where he says that line where he's like, oh, you guys have been playing house here. Yep. Um... 
we get a little bit more of a brief backstory on Derriere's sister, who had happened to be in love with Monspeed. Yeah, god damn it, I hated this so much. It's like, why all... I, I don't like just pulling bullshit backstories out of nowhere, man. Yeah, I, I guess we're just trying to tie up these loose ends. Um, but, whatever. Um, Asterosa kills the human that was assisting them. Like that little red-haired yep. girl. I don't even know if she had a name. Um, well, we stop there. We flash back to the battlefield. Elizabeth instructs the soldiers to not rely on the powers that were granted to them by Ludociel. Yep, because uh, it's it's going to eventually. She says it's eventually going to kill them because it, it'll it just uh, like it keeps giving them their will to fight until they just die. Yeah, it's kind of like once they run out of energy, they're they're going to die basically. Um, and it turns out that they they thought that they were being healed by this power that they were given, but it's actually Elizabeth has been constantly healing all of the soldiers during this this uh-huh. like first little initial fight. Yeah, like I feel like they should have just taken that shit, just teleported into Camelot with Elizabeth there, just boom. Like I'm just gonna hang back here and constantly heal you guys while y'all just go fuck everything up. Yeah, that would like, make we could we could have ended this show episodes ago. We known she could do that. We could have ended the show episodes ago. We could have, Chris, but... We, we didn't. We so didn't. here we are. We have season five confirmed here. All right. Oh, no. Oh, no. So Esterosa, he fights with Monspeet and Derriere, uh, and he's planning to collect the Ten Commandments for himself. Um, so obviously going against Meliodas's orders. Well, of course. Now we get now we get Monspeet reveals his, like, his, his actual cool ability, which I actually really thought was neat and it's called mm-hmm. conjurer joke which allows him basically to switch places with anything yeah that so, was pretty cool so Esterosa basically has him in a headlock and the next thing you know he's got now he's got the headlock on Esterosa mm-hmm. which is kind of neat of course Derriere being the dumbass she is stands like right next to Esterosa gets grabbed by the throat um so God, this is so hard to explain. <laughs> yeah, so pretty much she's getting ready to die, but like Monspeed switches places with her, so and, she, so he dies instead. Yeah, so he sacrifices himself to protect her. You get a giant explosion. Um, we see a, a scene that like Monspeed always wanted to tell Derriere something, but we never get to really see what he wanted to say to her. So we got three instances where we either whispered to and we don't get to hear it, or that they just didn't even get to say it in the first uh, place. On a scale of one to Usher, how many confessions do we have here today, Cody? <laughs> God damn it, Chris. <laughs> Moving right along to episode 23. Derry escapes and arrives on the battlefield. Um, then we get the intro music, of course, plays. Then we flash over to Dreyfus. He gets word that Graham, or his son, obviously, has been... His fleet has been decimated, and I don't even know where this part's going, but he rushes over to him, and then suddenly, like, he, like he sees Griamor getting attacked by this demon thing that we've never, kind of a demon that we've never even seen, like, what it is before. But turns, uh-huh. then he becomes a giant, Chris, and now he's holding Griamor in his hands, and he questions whether or not Fraudrin has lent him some of his power. It's so dumb. It's so dumb, Cody. Yeah. I can't get over how yeah. dumb this if is. If you're still following along with us, guys, 
none of this matters. <laughs> yeah, we're almost at the finish line, friends. Yeah. Stick with us. This little Dreyfus, Graham Moore, Fraudrin power scene has nothing to do with literally anything. Anything. Nothing. Esterosa arrives at the battlefield. He's been tracking after Derriere, and he begins his own attack. He, like, summons this giant cyclone thing around Elizabeth and Derriere. Um, Elizabeth uses her arc move, attacks him. Asario and Tarmiel, they use their grace powers, ocean and tornado. That's, like, their powers where, like, male has... Yeah, so, like, what's what's crazy is this, like, what we're seeing right now is pretty much, like, the final battle of this season. Yeah. Esterosa suddenly is strong. Um, yeah, like, he, he nothing, fucking, they think yeah. they kill him, but all of a sudden he's got, like, this weird, like, his tongue sticking out, and he has, like, this real fucking, like lackadaisical just fucking psychopathic kind of demeanor yeah i tried to keep up with how many times he changes forms in these last two episodes and i just i couldn't even writing you gave up you gave up um but sar sar is it sariel and tarmiel whatever those two idiots names are uh they use their powers ocean and tornado those are their graces they have kind of like how escanor has the sunshine one um Mm -hmm. they launched their assault on esterosa it seems like they've defeated him, quote-unquote, like, fingers snapping air quotes here. Oh, indeed. Because, of course, you know he's not dead. Uh, he's still alive. He begins absorbing the commandments that he has collected up to this point, which is Monspeet and Gallons, I believe, are the two uh-huh. that he has. He might have one more. I could be wrong. Um, and he states something very strange. He says, now perish at the hands of this Meliodas, which is very confusing. Either way, we're in the last episode, Chris. Yeah. We get a... Esterosa, he's kind of reflecting on, like, a past memory with Elizabeth. Uh, turns out he loves her, and we see multiple flashbacks of him basically wanting to be his brother Meliodas. Um, whatever. But now he is! Yeah, he's... What? Sure. <laughs> uh, he cuts down Gila as well as Sariel, as well as Sariel and Tarmiel. Uh, he really believes himself to be Meliodas. He's pretty much like, he's out of it. Um, he tries strangling Elizabeth at one point. She fights him off. Um, Elizabeth realizes that Esterosa's body is rejecting the commandments that he has absorbed. Um, which they yeah, said was... losing control. I think Meliodas and Zeldris had actually briefly spoke about, like, that that's a side effect if, like, if your body can't handle it or something like that. Yep, yeah, they were talking about that when they first uh, talked about having to gather the relics. Yep. Um, and so Elizabeth asks Escaroso to stop and says she'll do whatever he wants. Um, and they kind of just fly off. Um, she basically, like, to prevent any of her friends from getting hurt, she, like, kind of, like, gives herself up. Mm-hmm. So they fly off. Sariel and Tarmiel return to their original forms where like I don't remember which one's which but one of them has like that little like three headed thing going yep. on um, and so now we, we kind of get our, our group they kind of develop a new plan we got King, Sariel, Tarmiel and Derriere they head after Elizabeth while the others continue to fight the demons um, Ludociel as well as like Merlin and Escanor and I don't even know who else. But they, they make their way into, like, this darkness that Meliodas is being held in. It's like a cocoon of darkness, basically. And then, Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, Chris. At this point, I'm like, 
are we not going to finish this fight? Are we not going to finish any of this? We're not going to finish any of this fighting that's going on here. Um, no, not at all. Bon is seen walking in purgatory. Yeah, this is this is the we we haven't seen him in what fucking five episodes now. Yeah, and he's just walking. We don't get any closure to that. Yeah. We see Gother following behind King's group, and then we get credits, Chris. Yeah, like that's <laughs> it. Like that's literally fucking it. That's the the big ending of the show. Is yeah, the big ending is like is like um, Meliodas is like his emotions. Is emotions awake in purgatory? I want you to, I want you to think about what I just fucking said. His emotions are in purgatory, and they wake up. In the post-credit scene, of course. Yes. Because we that's had to, where we're left. We had to bring that shit back as well. Yes. And that ends season three slash Netflix season four of Seven Deadly Sins, Chris. And our time with Seven Deadly Sins. Thank. God. For, until at least 2021 or hopefully 2022 if we're lucky. Hopefully never. Because, ho- hopefully the show and the manga, I hope they both get canceled. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care yeah. if you enjoy the show at, at all. Yeah, because I genuinely, I genuinely think, and this is what sucks, is like season four started out like really good. Like I liked what was going on. I was on board and then it just, it's like they just had to wrap this shit up and they didn't do a good job. No, they did horrible. Yeah. So overall, Cody, um, what were your thoughts? As far as you know, we, we've we finished four seasons of Dead, Seven Deadly Sins, three plus an OAV, technically, and a movie. Overall, what are your thoughts? I think the show started very good mm-hmm. in season one. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I thought season one was good, and I think season one could have been like I was fine with that on its own merits. Yeah, season, um, season one was definitely good. Um, I thought the OVA episodes, quote unquote Netflix season two, were actually pretty good yep. as well. Yeah. Um, and then we had season three, which was which was pretty rough, but Escanor kept it alive. Yeah. And I think the side characters kept it alive as well. Yep. Um, for as much the as they were, for as much as they were ass. in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the movie was the worst movie of all time. Uh, yep. Animated movie, at least up until this point that I've seen. Mm-hmm. And then we get to this season, Chris, and like you said, it started off okay. Not like- yeah, because like they're tying up all the loose ends, and I mean that like in the sense that we're finally understanding why all these time periods make sense and what really the deal with Meliodas and Elizabeth are. Um, like I really, really like that. I love this like eternal curse that they both had. Like there was just something very like cool and poetic about it. And then they're just like, you know what? How about fuck all of that? We're just gonna we're just gonna have like my child finish this uh this half of the season like cody it was like yeah. the second half of the season was like a child playing with like a pile of action figures and then meliodas comes and then, and then, then these guys over here and then, yeah that's to me that's what i was watching and then we quote unquote kill off arthur after arthur like we're like okay finally we're gonna get some good yeah like the only redeeming character of this entire second half of this season do they just kill him off on some on a bullshit thing from a character that they just wrote in at the last minute? Yeah, not great. Dude, I am not great at all. Like like you said, like the first part of the season was great. We got to see all this history, this curse, like you said, it's very poetic. And then they just flush it down the toilet they, and we don't they even don't know what to do with it. We don't even they, get it like, like an ending. Like why are yeah, we still like, fighting the Ten Commandments? We should be fighting the Demon King and ending the fucking show. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Or 
the season needs to end with them heading towards the Demon King, and that needs to be like the last the movie to end it all, or the last season needs to be them confront working their way through hell to fight the Demon King. Like that, that should be it, right? But, but like, it's not, Chris. Unfortunately, like. The show, just, the show should not be made anymore. The show is bad. This anime is not good. The writing started yeah. off great. The animation started off great. I don't know why anybody even complains about the animation in this last season. Because, I mean, there's a few moments where it's it's pretty shitty. But not, like, nothing compared to, like, some things that I've seen in the past. But this plot is fucking terrible. It's bad. Like, it, it is bad. Like, they're just... They're really milking this for all it's worth. And it's, it's just not good. Like, I... I'm really going to have to, I mean, out of obligation alone is why I would continue to watch it. Obligation to the podcast. But like. Exactly. Yeah. It's a show that I could, I could easily watch season one again. Yeah. I could easily watch season one again and call it a day from there. Yeah. Watch season one, watch the little OVA things and just let, just let your mind do the rest of the work. Like just pretend that the show like tragically got canceled and you just get to make up the rest and theorize with your friends. Yep, you, you get to fanfic your way through the rest of it. I'm fine with that. And I promise whatever you fanfic up will be better, will be better. than what yes. the hell they wrote. Absolutely. Um, but overall, Cody, as far as now, I, I, I share your sentiment. There's no reason to pigeon that back. Um, I don't, I don't know what to think. I don't know if like this is, definitely right now bottom of the barrel on our ranking list like this is definitely at the bottom oh are we getting into the rankings i think we are i think i I, I was gonna touch briefly on like where the fuck has jericho been and why didn't she get a line of dialogue (laughs) Uh, uh, especially when they went out of their way to give jericho like her moment where in the previous season where she's like oh i've got this amazing power now we never got to fucking see it yeah we get to see like we see her like the aftermath of her fighting a little bit, but we like there's that's hardly anything. They mention yeah. they mention the roars of dawn, who we don't see at all, but they're just yeah. they're there, of course. Um, Chris, this seat. Oh my god! Like, yeah, it, like it, I'm pretty over it. It is just a mess, and then like, uh, and then King Arthur being quote unquote dead is just the cherry on the shit pile of an anime. Well, right, and that's the other thing too, right? Like I. I don't. I expect we're going to come across a point where, like, the rest of the commandments are going to come back and help do something. Like, we got some serious, like, Dragon Ball Z, King Kai, Halo bullshit going on in this show, and it's Ho- hard to hopefully they care. Don't. Yeah, hopefully they don't. I, I, I could care less about this anime. Like you said, it's just obligation to the podcast at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there, there are better... There are better high fantasy animes if that's what you're into. Like I, I, I already know. Like I would much rather watch Record of Lotus War again. I would much rather watch fucking Berserk over this. Um, like honestly, like again, outside of the first season, I I could care less about anything else. Like there were some. It, it sucks when the it, the first half of season four had a really high. It was really really good. Like, I was really, really getting in some deep lore and some backstory, and then there's like, nope, nope, I'm done with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially for all the backlash that we had heard about Season 4. We now fully understand. Oh, why. yeah, completely understand. Yeah. Not good. 1 through 12, okay. Not not too shabby. 13 through 24, 
horrible. Suck a dick. Absolutely horrible. Um, yes. Well, Chris, we're going to move over to our rankings board. I think you've already given your answer. Uh, oh, yeah. Bottom but, of the barrel. <laughs> at the moment, you have Cowboy Bebop at the top, mm-hmm. followed by Death Note, mm-hmm. followed by Afro Samurai. Mm-hmm. And then at the bottom, you have Seven Deadly Sins. Yep, that is correct. Have we finished any other shows? Or is that Not yet. Those are the four shows we've done. Yeah, this one took a while. This was several weeks of podcasting. What a waste of our time, Chris. Yeah, we could have stopped after season <laughs> one. Uh, I I completely agree with your list. Uh, obviously, I have Death Note at the top. Sure, sure. Cowboy Bebop at a very, very, very close second. Um, mm-hmm. um, followed by Afro Samurai. If you remember, Chris, how hard we were on Afro Samurai for having all the extra headbands at the end. Yep. Like that is nothing compared to how bad this. Oh yeah, yeah. I would, I would, I would, I would almost, I was almost expecting everybody to have a headband in this in this show to explain where they showed up, where they came from, in Afro Samurai. It would have made more sense to me. Might as well have. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is this is the the worst anime we've we've reviewed on this podcast. Yeah, and it's and it's a shame because like honestly, I'll put season one. Like if I could just rank season one by itself, I would put that third. Yeah, it's definitely. Like I, would, I would actually put that close to my number two, honestly. Yeah, I would put it above Afro Samurai. Um, yep. But no, but, unfortunately, Escanor couldn't. As good of a character as I like Escanor, and like I, I, I really like these characters. It's just the plot that they're written in is just so bad. Yeah. It's so exactly. it's so bad. Um, yeah. So it's I not put great. I put it at fourth, very bottom. Obviously, it it's move. It's movie is the worst movie, worse than Afro Samurai Resurrection. Oh, absolutely! It's in the toilet. It is on the fucking the Charmin ass wiper Hall of Fame. But Chris, it's time for us to turn turn a new leaf here. Dude, we're turning a corner, and it's uh, Cody. We we've been on this journey. There hasn't been a rest stop, but now like we're coming to some civilization, and there's no rest stop, but there's a McDonald's, and the McRib is back. That's by right, the way. Chris. It is back. so. <laughs> we're gonna go pee and get a McRib. By that I mean. We're, we're, we're moving to our next show, and Cody, what was the winner of the poll? Well, after doing the Scott Steiner math, Chris, correctly, of course, um, mm-hmm. we added up our Twitter and our Facebook votes, and it seems like the people want us to watch Samurai Champloo. Thank fucking God, because Cody, yeah, you said last week you have not seen Samurai Champloo, correct? No, I think I've seen like just various scenes of episodes. It is excellent it is most excellent like this one could potentially overtake my number one spot it's that good oh love that yeah so it's what 26 episodes yep and if you guys want to follow along with us you can watch along on hulu and funimation as well yep and Um, we'll be doing what 13 episodes a uh, a week yeah we're going to be covering the first 13 episodes next week um and then Mm -hmm. probably the last 13 i know we got christmas coming up so we might. I don't know what the schedule looks like. We'll decide on the schedule probably after the podcast. Um, yeah, we'll check this. But these next three weeks will be the first thirteen episodes, the last thirteen episodes of Samurai Shampoo, and probably a movie for like our Christmas yeah. episode, and then um, maybe we'll do something special for the the New Year's episode. Um, but yeah, Chris, you got any other final thoughts before we wrap up the Seven Deadly Sins portion? I'm gonna, I'm gonna click over to our Facebook post real quick. Oh, please do. Um, just to see if we got any more any more little questions for us. It looks like all the replies that we have here, Chris, is just our, go- our old boy, Zaim, 
and he says, <laughs> "Yeah, we're gonna talk about how the latest season anime uh, of Seven of Seven Deadly Sins, excuse me, anime quality was straight garbage." Chris, you got any any comments on that? Uh, it wasn't great, but again, like I said, I uh, huh, I was too busy rolling my eyes. Yeah, totally. I don't even know how people paid attention to like a drop in frame rate on this show because like the storyline is so terrible. Yeah, no, I did. I didn't notice it at all because I just I it, I was too busy just cringing and shaking my head, and rolling my eyes. It was not great. Absolutely. Um, and then our other question is uh, our buddy Matthew Okimoto, and he asks, uh-huh. "How about how shit the ending was?" <laughs> um. Okay. So. We, I, I was quickly realizing that this this thing with Esterosa was going to be the end, and I was like, "This is not how this season should have ended, like at all, at all." Like the the cliffhanger is not even great. Like they just really built up all this extra fluff and extra bullshit, and they really leaned into it. Um, the the Ten Commandments should have all been killed this season. We should be going after the Demon King. Absolutely, wholeheartedly, one hundred percent. We have. A million loose ends right now for no reason. We have like Esterosa. Yeah. We have these guys going into Meliodas's dark cocoon thing, whatever that is. I don't even know. It's just, it's just, it's just a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily, we don't have to dive back into that mess for a long time. Hopefully, yes. Thank goodness. But Chris, not great. But I'm, I'm really, really stoked that we're moving on to something worth the damn. Um, I'm actually excited for you to watch Champloo. Like the, uh, this is—I mean, this is an older one, right? This is, you know, that's a what almost twenty-year-old anime. I think it's about fifteen years. I think it came out in like two thousand four, and then mm-hmm. its original run ended yeah. in two thousand five. Yeah. So I actually haven't watched it since um, it showed up in it because I used to own the whole series. Um, so I'm actually really excited to watch it again. And the Cody, I'm actually excited for like the opening. It's one of the best uh, intros. Like it's it's up the intro to this is up there with Bebop. Okay, love yeah. that. Love to hear that. Is it, and is this one of the ones that was? Is this made by the same creator? Yes. I, I guess we'll we'll do the full tale of the tape again when mm-hmm. we go. Yeah, this go. is one of the ones that's in that same universe. That same. Yeah, this this is just one of those. It, it's a classic. Like this is honestly a classic. Yeah, I look forward to to diving into that next week. Um, but yeah, Chris, that's all I got for this shit show. Um, yeah, I, I'm ready to call that one. I'm ready to put uh, ready to put this one in the rearview mirror and just uh, prepare and move forward and get ready for some Samurai Champloo. All right, guys. Well, once again, if you guys want to follow along, we're going to be covering the first 13 episodes of Samurai Champloo next week. Yes, indeed. So please watch along with us. Like I said, it's going to be on Hulu and Funimation. Um, if you if you guys want to follow along with any news and updates on the podcast, you can follow us on our Twitter and our Facebook page. Just search yeah. Shonen and Suds, and you'll see our pretty faces in front of a bunch of four locos. Make sure to give us a like, give us a follow. You know what to do. Um, Absolutely, you know you know the routine. It's twenty twenty. And just a brief update on the podcast: I am going to start to throw together a YouTube channel. Um, just to kind of have I another like YouTube. Pl- just to kind of have another platform for people to listen to. Um, and then Chris, yeah. actually recently, uh, l- little news for everybody: uh-huh. uh, Attack on Titan season four has begun. The first episode yes, is yes. now airing. Um, Chris, I actually hopped Exciting. on Discord with two of our old buddies, Matthew Okimoto and Kyle Peters, 
yeah we, we actually watched the first episode of the new season last night um that so would I, be kp kyle peters is his father yeah kp that's right um <laughs> but uh we actually watched it together on discord and it was actually a pretty good awesome. time so i think i might go ahead and throw us obviously me and you we have we're in this show i would now. love to do a live watch along i would yeah. absolutely love to do that. i think it might be something that we might look into in the future so i might start opening yeah. up links to our discord that we're in right now um yeah so we'll, we'll look into that um we'll keep you guys posted on that um but look i think for- i think watch alongs with fans will be great i think that'd be absolutely fun Oh yeah, it was great. Like we talked a little bit right before, mm-hmm. and then we talked at the end, and like it was great. We just had like our little comments, and then we went about our separate ways. Um, yeah. So I think it's something that we could we could do in the future, and we could set up yeah. like a like a fun like community Discord page and kind of yeah. like bunch together. Like if anybody wants to ask us a question, it'd be easy. Like if we have it all in one spot. Um, yeah. No. Absolutely. Rather than saying, "Hey, follow our Facebook," all that stuff. Um, so look forward to the announcement for that guys and look forward to the youtube page i'll make a i'll make a post whenever it goes live and uh, perfect but that's all i got for this episode chris that's all i've got my friend uh, i'm ready to move on ready to again rear view mirror we are it is we it's all in a cloud of dust behind us that's right and uh so guys we will see you next week once again i am cody snodgrass and i am chris adams and thank you thank you so much for listening to us rant for the last hour <laughs> We appreciate it.